Hey everybody, Chris Lindsay here, and you're listening to Pitch List. We want to discover what makes creative people tick. Join us as we explore what it means to be a writer, and more importantly, what it means to be a person. Remember why you love music, and welcome to Pitch List. Hi everybody, Chris Lindsay here with a fresh, crispy, brand new episode of Pitch List. Today we've got artist and songwriter Dave Barnes. Dave has made many records since starting in Nashville. Along the way, he's also written multiple hits for Blake Shelton, Thomas Rhett, Marin Morris, Carrie Underwood, and a lot more. We had a great talk about Nashville, life as a recording artist, and switching gears into commercial country songwriting. He gives us lots of fascinating insights into our business. A great guy. Here's Dave Barnes. Good morning. Chris here. We're doing a uh, early morning podcast here at Amy Land. Uh, it's a uh, really almost a hint of fall this morning. I know. I felt when that. I came in. You know, it's still we're getting warm days here in Nashville. But in the morning, you, you feel fall creeping mm. in, which is really putting me in a good mood. My guest this morning is the fabulous Dave Barnes. Fa- wow, fabulous. Fabulous. Lower F, lowercase F. Well, I maybe upper. <laughs> I think you're I like pretty maybe. damn good. You're a great maybe, singer, yeah. man. I was going through all your stuff last night. Your vocals are That's amazing. Kind, thank you. And uh, do you think fall... Uh, I think writers love fall. Oh, it's dude. the best time, it's isn't my, it? Absolutely. And, and give me cold, gross, yeah. rainy. I'm yeah. in. I'm in on that. John Prine has a quote that's one of my favorite. Uh, the last thing that I want to do when I'm out having a really good time is stop and write a song about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, amen to that. If you're in that good of a mood to, to write a tempo song, yeah. you're like, let's go ride bikes. Yeah, let's, no let's, walk, let's go to Come walk on. at Radnor. Yeah. So go. We were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I yeah. think yeah, we're talking about the podcast. Podcast. And I think one of the things that's so amazing about the country music genre is there's that I really think is particular to just this genre, just the country genre, is that um, the fan. There's a chunk of fans who really keep up with songwriters. They follow, They want to know who wrote each song. They they um, they you know they they know. Okay, I I love what Chris and Amy do. Oh, they have a new song on that record. I need to go listen to that song. Or hey, did you guys get together and write with that artist again? Because I always like what y'all wrote. So you'll go do. I mean, you know this better than I do. You do, you'll do these rounds, and people will come up to you after shows that are like that follow your yes. writing. Yeah, and it it's always really uh humbling. Well, you Super don't think humbling. about it. Yes, you, you don't. And you as, you know as a writer of your writer side of your career, you don't really think about um. Hey, someone's actually paying attention exactly and, and right. they're not, you know, in my mind, they're not really supposed to because they're not really supposed to see the writer. Right. That's part of the magic right. and part of the illusion. Right. But it it is always great. Well, it and you know, it, it's, it's proof to me that people, people will take as much as you can give them. And I think what's fun about the new podcast, you know, the brave new world of podcasting is for those fans who always wanted more access. Yeah. Not necessarily to the artists. They aren't asking that they get more FGL or more um, Blake necessarily, they want the other stuff. They want right, to know right. why did you write that song that they cut? That well, you know. right, that is that is often the question. Like what what made you write that song? Yeah, 
you know yeah which really just is a reflection that it really you know has some kind of meaning in their life yes when that's what i meant by humbling it's like you realize some of this music actually has a place in their life and it's like really uh powerful i don't know another word for it but i remember one of the first times we went out and saw this is them back in the days of amazed when that was big yeah and we went out and um lone star was playing somewhere and uh they in the third chorus they just stopped and the entire crowd sang yeah. the song and i remember it just being uh shot full of fear mm. at what oh what have we done <laughs> we you know it's monster. like oh my god and, and it was and then of course so much joy but there was a part of it that was like, it is so easy as a writer to stay in Nashville and it's all compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and, and you're kind of just run from appointment to appointment. Uh, you're demoing songs. You're getting reports back if people like your songs yeah. and maybe somebody cut it, but you mm-hmm. didn't really even hear it yet. It's very easy to get into this thing where you don't have any footing in the, in, in the real world yep. of like yep. people... Yeah, like you as an artist, right. you're going out and you're playing for people. I think artists do know that world. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. they do. Yeah. Uh, the writers, the pure writer, can get stuck in sort of a bubble. Yeah, and and those are like the to me the bubble bursting moments. Yeah, when you're just like, oh my god. Well, you know the t- the two things that I think about a lot in those scenarios, especially with seeing live shows, is one, and, and when people say, hey, tell me why you wrote that song. One of the things that's always really, <laughs> it's really tricky. Because you know, you, you, it, when you're a professional songwriter and your job every day is to write a song, you just can't write a song every day that means that has some deep, huge meaning right, to you. Right. And on a good day, you know, I'm doing that every few writes where I'm really able to to go, oh my gosh, this resonates with me and my experience. But right. you know, there's a lot of days where you just somebody else loves it, or you have a great yeah. title, and you just know how to write it. You'll do these interviews, or you'll talk to people after shows in these rounds, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, please tell me why you wrote this song because this is what it means to me." And I, I've had a couple of those where I'm like, "Oh boy, uh, yeah, no, I, oof, that day, what a day! It was a, it was a Wednesday." summer mm-hmm. and i don't there's not a real it's just like right, you don't a have song. an answer and so it's really humbling thought one is you know in those moments you're out there you sort of realize like look at this song that's resonating with people and the band's playing it live and you're like isn't it kind of weird that that didn't it means something maybe to me now right but in the room we just we knew how to write a great song and thankfully we got it but you're not you weren't sitting there like weeping after no, you you know did the guitar vocal that that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah. and i think that part of that is that either you're just outright told this or you learn it in town you have to walk away from your songs yeah yeah you know every yeah. day really you just have to abandon them you know because if you get hung up on one song you you may not write well for a few days. Yeah. You know, if you're like, that's the song. Yeah. And then maybe your publisher's like, yeah, it's cool. And you're like, oh my God, he said it's cool. Yeah. We're, I'm done. You yeah, know, and you get hung up on that one song. So we learn to just write and walk away. Yeah. And I think because of that, when one of them pops, yeah. we don't, yeah, we, we don't, we don't know why, because we already forced ourselves. It's just like a bad date. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, and that's, that's, you know, that's one of the hardest parts of my career is because, you know, the majority of my career is an artist that I write for myself, which is the opposite. Every song matters to me. I mean, like, I write it has all to. by myself. And so when I sit down and write a song, like, it's got to resonate, you know, from the hair to the feet. 
And so then, but when I walk in the writing room, it's almost like I have to turn off some of those things and turn on other things. And that is a really weird shift. It's really hard to go from in my artist career going like, okay, does this matter to me? Like when I play the song in the room by myself, is it resonating? Do I feel it? Am I getting emotional? Whatever. And then you turn into professional songwriter guy. And I want that to be the case, but it, it can be so detrimental because then you and I may write this great song for someone else. Right. And I'm in my car just like crying on the way home thinking right. I've done it. That song could be dead before I get home. Yeah. And so if I'm, you know, and it could make the round. Somebody's like, hey, that's great. I don't really hear it for anybody. And, and it, by the time I pull my driveway 20 minutes from now, mm-hmm. I could have just died this death because I've already gotten a text from my girl who's like, hey, I think it's great. I just don't know who we pitch it to. And I'm in the car like, you don't understand how much this song means to me. Right. So, you know, it's been this gnarly whiplash in my life of trying to have these new disciplines of sort of taking all of my spider senses from artistry and sort of like, how do you take them in? Or you do you not? Or do you have different spider senses for the professional writing room? You know? That is, and it's on my list of questions because I wanted to ask you about this because I think you're, you're not unique, but there's only been a few of you that I've known to be six. You got two crossovers. One is artist and writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other is working in Christian music yeah. and country. Yeah. But I think that's a unique point of view. And I also think, well, let me ask you this. You being an artist, it seems like to me it would help you write for mm-hmm. Blake Shelton yeah. or Tim McGraw yeah. because you 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 probably understand the mindset mm-hmm. better than I do, mm-hmm. not being an artist. Do you mm-hmm. think that's true? I don't know. I think that's a great question. I mean, I think there's things about my past that help inform. I mean, I grew up in a town of 8,000 people in Mississippi, so I think right. that there's a pedigree for sort of like yeah. some... You know, have you? I can check the box of like I know what it's like to live in the middle of nowhere. Um, and you know, those those are the people who listen to country yeah, music. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the demographic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that does help. And I mean, you know, the only radio station we had in my town of eight thousand people was a country radio station. Right. You know, and so there's times I'll laugh. Like I'll be driving. I'm like, how do I know this song? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there'll be some eighties, mm-hmm. nineties country song, and I know every word. And I'm like. I had this the other day. It's like, I don't know. We didn't, my mom and dad did not listen to country. They still don't. Uh, we didn't have it in the house. They weren't listening. There was no CDs laying around of Tim McGraw, but yet I'll know. And I think it's just because osmotically, like when you're right. on the radio station. Yeah, it was on the radio. Up, it's like, yeah. you know, you just kind of know that stuff. So I do think it helps, but I, you know, it, yeah, I, 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 I have the same question for myself. I'm not sure. Well, it's two things for me as a just pure writer. I always like working with an artist because mm-hmm. I think they do have spider senses just in general about what an artist is looking for. And there's, you know, whether it's working or not on that level. And uh, another one, which I've forgotten, I need another cup of coffee. Dan. I know I'm not it keep, firing it's all cylinders. It's so suspenseful. Is it? I've keep been listening. Keep for listening. Two. So I, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, one of the most, can I was, when I was preparing for your interview, I was kind of looking over your credits, and I mean, you have really kind of reached across the board. You got pop, you know, nice, really big pop credits in there. Um, you're kind of a unique animal. Um, That's what my therapist says. Do you think when you're? 
<laughs> that's a good one. What's the weird version of a unicorn, Dave? That's what you are. A weird version. Like a dysfunctional unicorn. So um, as a cunt, quote country music or whatever, Nashville writer, yeah, yeah, right. you work a lot. You write a lot. You get mm-hmm. a lot of cuts. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance that with being an artist? Do you tour and then come back? Or how does that work? So when we started having kids seven years ago, we've got three, um, I slowed that way down. Okay. Um, you know, a busy year for me these days is like 30 shows. Okay. So, um, which is awesome. It yeah. It keeps it fun. Uh, it's maintainable, which doesn't quite. And, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, I'm 41 now, so we're kind of past like developing markets. You know what I mean? Where it's like, right. let's go hit Cleveland three okay. times in two years. Um, so it's kind of, it's a little bit of like trying to continue those markets you know help them thrive and grow or at least stay the same mm-hmm. and then really investing more and more in the writing part too but you know the thing with me that I've, I've had to learn if my artist career is taken care of and seems to be working everything else makes sense to me because I realized I got it kind of backwards the first kind of the first couple of years I started writing a lot because I was investing so much in the writing thing that my artistry started to take a back seat and that's really who I am and I right. think when I started to identify too much as a writer, everything okay. got super wonky because I don't think like a writer. I don't think like mm-hmm. I noticed like with my professional songwriting friends, they had this these pain thresholds that were just through the roof for like, oh, a song didn't work. That's OK. okay. Or like that right got canceled. That's OK. Or the artist called last second. That's OK. And had to cancel. And I just I, and I'm still that's still really hard for me because I don't hmm. I, I didn't. It's like I didn't really know what I was getting into. No, it's like you, know, you know, and of course, those things I think bother all of us. But you—that's interesting to me. So you felt like that—that uh, that was wearing you out. Yeah, that, because, that part of it. Yeah, and it's still and it still is tough. I mean, you know, Jeremy Spillman told me one time, who's you know such a great writer, yeah, a friend of mine. But he said, you know, Dave, the the difference between you and all of your writing friends, we don't have a backup plan, right? So. We just you got to roll with the punches. Yeah, like it doesn't yeah. work. It just doesn't yeah. work. You live to yeah, fight and we have to day. tolerate. Yeah, we have to tolerate certain things. We just do. Hey, nobody's complaining about being a professional songwriter. No, 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 no. But, but, but the quirks. Yeah, there are there are aspects that will wear your nerves out. Oh yeah, and that's putting it lightly. Lightly, yeah. And you're saying that you having this other expression, this whole other career helps you with that oh my gosh well, I, because, I can see that i get that yeah jeremy was like if you have a few bad weeks of writing you can just disappear into artistry write right. your own song right. sort of feel better go play some shows and all of a sudden you you're like oh well or and he laughed and he said you can also if you just don't want to do it anymore you can just quit it right he's like i can't do that so for me i ha- it's like the same it's actually the same i feel the same way about my artistry like i can have bad shows i can have a bad album i'm not quitting like I love doing what right, I do, right? But and he was like, "That's just how we feel about writing. It's just that that's not your main concern, so it's going to hit you harder than it hits the rest of us." You know, and it may just from the outside, it may make you write better. Yeah, I think so. I think you would think be so. more fearless. That was one my next question. Being a successful songwriter on Music Row, does that give you a little more um, power in your own? singer career in the sense of maybe you take a little more risk with what you do and you and maybe you don't quite settle Mm -hmm. you know often when things really matter financially I think it's not good for the music and I think that can seriously affect your creative output I think your setup 
is would be really good for yeah. that. Is yeah. that true? It helps. It's it's kind of funny because I think for my artistry it helps a lot because when I'm in the room so much writing for other people, um, a lot of ideas get out that I would call like the more palatable, you know, digestible stuff. That's mainstream. kind of the goal is to make, write strong songs that the mainstream can understand and and you know perpetuate. And it makes my artistry suddenly much more fun and unique and interesting. Yeah. So I take yeah. a lot of the ideas and I'm like, oh, that's not going to work in a writing room. Or I just want to say this and not have to be edited. I want right. to do this musically. And, and you don't want to compromise. Like, I don't want to compromise. So that, so I think with every record I've done since I've been writing professionally, quote unquote, I like those so much because I can see how much I'm like, okay, this is where I can get weird and have fun. And then over here. But I think, you know, almost diametrically opposed honestly the writing thing gets even trickier because I have to be careful um it's just it's been a weird five or six years doing it because I think I sort of started feeling like okay I'm gonna get in there and write some country songs and I don't even really know what that means so that was weird because I get in there and think like you know I did the thing everybody does when they're not naturally a country writer and they go Oh, well, I've listened to some country songs. This is kind of what it sounds like. So, one, you're already two or three years behind the curve. Right. Because, you know, you're basing that's it on right. stuff that's either been a hit or is a hit right now. And then, two, you're not you're writing somebody else's song. You're writing somebody else's country song. You're not going, yeah. how do I just write a good song? So it took me years to figure that out. And then I think now it's about trying to write songs I really like and not being so worried about, you know that there's there's always bumpers on them. Like I, I know when I'm going too far, but I think at the same time going, hey, I'm just gonna try my best to write something that I like that I feel like is digestible, and those have kind of become my as opposed to going like, what's Blake want to sing or what's right. you know Luke Bryant, which is so hard. I I have had no luck with that. Yeah, I think I think we we create the best when we're the most free, and I think when you're having conversations where your brain is in Maybe a space so. where it doesn't feel free. Uh, or it feels, you know, insecure or in comparison to, it's really hard to create well. You can do it, but yeah. I think you're not going to do your most sort of like unique version of yourself when you feel some sort of like that sort of stuff happening, you know. Which, I, I, you're right. I can actually think back on some rights where I've had that I'm like, why did that feel so weird? And it's because we were either talking about money, we were talking about success, or somebody's talking about a run they're on or something. And you can just feel like, oh, this is not. Yeah. And it can be in a really good spirit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It can be like, no, no, no. like hey, I man, congrats yeah. on everything. Right. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And, but you can just feel like, oh, boy. Yeah. Like, you know, it's I don't know what that is, but I think you're right. Yeah. Do you have a close group of people you write with? Or do you, like, add new people to your writing world or yeah that's how, how yeah, does it work for yeah you? that's isn't that funny we all like that's if there's one thing that always changes i've found so far in my career it is the ever moving sort of north star of what seems to be working and the yeah. rooms that work and then who i feel the most comfortable with because i think for me that really is a north star like i've had to shed this idea that like hit writers are going to make me write hit songs it's a um, tough one to learn, isn't it's, it? Man, and I literally, I feel like I'm just at the end of learning that. It's, like, you think, you come up, and you think that if I have this appointment, then everything's going to be yeah, great. You know? Yeah. Especially well, the, if you get in the room with somebody that you really admire. I know I had that experience, oh and I know everyone that I've yeah. ever talked to about it does. Talk about that a little bit. That that So, so when I signed my deal with BMG, and whenever it was, five, six years ago, 
I literally came in and was like, here are the people. Like, I just slid the sheet across. Right. Daniel Lee, who was my day-to-day, who I love with Greg, all of my Greg, heart, I love like, Daniel. Daniel was kind of like, okay. And I could see he was kind of like, I don't think this is a great idea, but hey, let's do it. And it was so consistently, it just didn't go well. Not because I didn't love those people. I get it. But it's, but the, you know, they have their groove. And I, they have their groove. They have the way they write. And you're literally stepping into someone's, you know, like like almost art studio. They're past their yeah. colors out there. They got their thing. And you're sort of sitting there like <laughs> trying to mix colors with them. Yeah. They're kind of like, okay, you're like, well, I've never even seen this painting. Yeah, I don't before. even know. What well, are we what painting? What is this? Yeah, what are, you're what? halfway through. I can't yeah. tell. Should this be a tree right. over here? No, it's a football state. Oh, okay. Well, no trees. Um, so I think for me there's that, but I think there's also this thing that I learned really quickly is like every song is a chemistry experiment. Every song has, and they're all different. So like some days you may sit with Amy and you've got, and it's still you and it's still her, but she's brought different chemicals. You have brought different chemicals on this day. And for some reason, those chemicals mix real well. That's a great and way that to song put it. pops out, but you aren't bringing the same chemicals every day. So I think the misunderstanding is me going, if I sit with you guys and write a song, I know the chemicals they use. I just got to bring these chemicals and we'll create a new thing. And it's like, well, no, you may have had a bad day or you may have listened to something in the car that you're inspired to go 70s Laurel Canyon. And so you bring in these chemicals and then Amy brings in hers and I'm still bringing in the ones I thought because I listened to Amaze and I want to write that again. Right. And y'all are like, well, no, that's not. That was that day, and what we brought in that day was completely different than 10 years later what we're bringing in today. So I think, you know, learning that every day really is its own day, and you may catch something on one day that is totally unique to every writer in that room to that day. You know, you may never write a, this, you know, you may write some great power ballad that day. Nobody in that room has ever done that, and they may never do it again, but what happens is a writer is, you see, like, who wrote that killer pen? <gasps> those three people. I want to write with those three people. And then you may get in the room and go, hey, let's do the thing. And everybody's like, what thing? And you're like, right. the thing y'all did with that. Yeah, the thing like, y'all did that you don't know how you did. That you don't know how you did. Let's do it again. And so I think for me, I had, that's a really good way to put that. I think I had to learn, you, you got to just, every day is its own day. And so yep. be careful. to. And so I think that was a hard way for me to learn with, with those writers that I still think are, but it was like, Oh, that's not how this works. Right. And, and they would come in looking at me, you mm-hmm. know, cause this is right after God gave me you. And they're like, Hey, God gave me you. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, Hey, Blake's cutting. Hey, well, what's the tempo on that? And I'm like, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, yeah. what if, you know, yeah. How did you uh, get the, did you yeah. give that straight to Blake? Yeah. Did, yeah. Exactly. Did Scott, did you, did, exactly. did Chris take that's that exactly or right. did, was it Scott? And yeah. how did, this is just how our little monkey brains work. We're trying to figure out, what we were baseball pitchers do this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, game they had a weird they had mismatched socks and they threw a no hitter. Yeah. Well now yeah, that's how you throw a no hitter. <laughs> you know, and or a songwriter had a certain player on the demo session yeah. that they'd never seen yeah. before. Now he's the yeah, guy. Because you got a cut. Yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. He did it. Yeah. We're always trying to find whatever whatever magic thing that was different that day that, you know, yeah. how did this happen? Yeah. And I think you're, it's such a great analogy you use because I guess the truth is we just don't know and we yeah. never will. You never will. And I always say this, I think sometimes people misunderstand me. I think one thing that is unique and frustrating about songwriting as a job 
is that you make a living doing something that you don't know how you do. <laughs> we don't even know how we did what we did yeah. when it worked. When it worked, yeah. And it mostly doesn't work. Well, and two, it's it's you've never seen me shame myself more than when I do in writing rooms where I'm like, you should do better than this. You're be- Why is this not working better? Right. Why- you had a good day yesterday. And Show up terrible? again today. Oh, it's awful. And I'm like, no. I, and, and I think I'm slowly learning this lesson. I mean, even with this conversation, it helps. But it, it that's not how it works. And no. I think the detriment that you can do when you look at the songwriting world or you're trying to be a songwriter or you're a professional songwriter like we are, is going, I am this good. And it's like, no, no, no. No. That's a day. Like we're all receiving these things. Right. We're doing our best. And I think too, and, and I think it, it it helps me a lot when I think of writing rooms that I like. It's not about how good we are. It's about how good I feel. Because I can only do, I can only manage myself. What comes out of that and what we make from all of that, who knows what's going to happen. But I think I've just learned from me when Jesse, I'm at Warner Chapel and Jesse Vaughn, who is like a ninja, you know, our conversations now are much more, how'd you feel? How was the day? Did you feel comfortable? Did you feel like right. that's a good combination? And of did people? you feel like you were uh, on your game? Yes. Because you can, uh, well, keep going. Keep well, I going. think the thing you can, I do think one of the things that, the few things you can equate on, on songwriting days is, um, I think it's comfort and I think it's respect. This is just me. But I think if I'm in the room with people I respect, then, then, I'm excited to be in there. Like if I, I mean, just y'all studio, like, you know, it's, it's yeah. fun to sit there and go like, okay, this is somebody that that's a good songwriter right. over here. This girl's a good song. This is a fun day. Right. Cause there's potential for something really great coming out of this. And so I think that matters. I think it's hard sometimes when you get in rooms where there's not that respect or you're kind of like, why? I and it's not that I don't respect, you know, right. but this day doesn't make sense or why, right. why did we get paired up and we're yeah. not trying to do the same thing. Right. So I think that, I think respect is a big one for me and I don't mean it has to be some like, cause no. I write with a lot of people who hadn't had a cut. No, but, but let you me, just let go. Me, yeah, this is, well, I want to stop here because this is one that we've not addressed on the podcast and I think it's big. Um, what he's talking about is as a signed writer, you will, you know, it's now it's all there's varying things. There are writers who are very meticulous about their book and they've they've approved everything in it. Yeah. All the way to there are writers who have no idea what they're doing. They yeah. just wake up and look right. and they go. Right. Okay. And anything in between. But there are writing dates that come in your book when you have someone doing your book. Yeah. And you are like, well, who you don't know anything about it. Right. And it's not that, you know, for me, it's pretty simple. I'm like, I want to hear an MP3. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. You know, yeah, it's like, let me, let me hear what they do. And then usually nine times out of 10, I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah. That, that kid's awesome. I don't yeah. care if he's never had a damn That's hold. Right. That's right. He's killer. He's great. Or every now and then you listen, you're like, I don't know what's happening here because there are, <laughs> <Quote> unquote, <laughs> uh, there's political things. Yeah. 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 You know, pluggers swap yeah. and horse trade. Yeah. And it's an unfortunate part of the business. Yeah. I've never talked about it on the podcast, but and I'm only speculating. Pluggers have all kinds of agendas. They have writers that are at varying levels of success, mm-hmm. and they have big hookups they're trying to make happen, and they have smaller hookups. Well, I'll tell and, you the dangers. And there's trades that go on, and, and that's I, all I'm going to well, say. Well, I'll say this, and, and, and you know, I may be shot walking to my car after this podcast for saying this, but I think one of the trickiest things that's happening right now in the publishing world is, and I think it, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I can't make this part more clear. This is not a bad thing, but 
when you have artists that have publishing companies that they run and own, it gets really tricky because there, I think there is a struggle in our industry to feel like, hey, if we're going to eventually get to that artist, we need to write with their writers. Right. But if we're going to, and sometimes that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, no. sometimes it makes all the sense in the world, but I think it just makes the picture a little more convoluted sometimes because I don't know that pluggers and I don't know that writers feel like they can really be authentic and going like, no. hey, I'd rather not write with that person because then you get the pushback of like, well, hey, you said you wanted a cut with so-and-so, right. their sign of their publishing company. Mm-hmm. If you want to get a cut with them, that's a, that's a str- And it, maybe they'll hear your demo and then want to write a song with you because yeah. they know you are. So, And I'm not saying that's bad because I've had no, cuts happen that it's way. just irresistible to the plugger because yeah. they're like, how do we get a tricky, you as a writer yeah. involved with this artist? Well, this is the path of least resistance. Yeah. And I, I'm going to make a caveat. There are you know, artist-based publishing companies that have signed badasses. Oh, my gosh. Girls and guys. Jimmy Robbins to Keith yeah. Urban. Yeah. There are people that those guys recognize are yeah. up and coming. And, and, and it's quite often that that happens. Yeah. There are also, like, uh, you know, bus drivers and... <laughs> And t-shirt guys <laughs> who are getting signed up. Because they're track guys. <laughs> I'm just going to say, and Dana's laughing. She's like, I'm cutting all this shit out of this podcast. Yeah, I promise you yeah. right now. But there there may be some people signed to those situations who really don't write. Yeah. And it's like, I can take a pretty much flushed out idea and chorus in, and I'll write the rest of it while they watch yeah, while they watch yeah and then now somebody owns part of something yeah. and it's more enticing to record yeah right right so um that's a it's a dark underbelly the dark underbelly well, and, and i would know, say it's 50 50 dave if that's going in the yeah, podcast no, no, no. So i'm not going to put you on the record as that but we might as well i i feel okay saying it you know that's the problem um and it's unfortunate because like you said you know, Jimmy was signed to Keith. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny about that? I just did a thing in Sundance with Jimmy. You know, Jimmy says it's the only cut he got was We Were Us. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because Keith didn't, mani- that, that wasn't a manipulated situation. That wasn't no, something where he didn't you know, end up to. No. You know, this is going to come across wrong. I need to say one other thing. <laughs> um, this is a case by case basis. Yeah. Okay. I've been in a couple of situations where I did not understand what was going on, and I'm assuming what I just said is going on. There are also some incredibly talented writers who are signed to artists, and as we know, it's difficult to get a writing deal. It's difficult to get some of these majors to pay attention if you haven't had anything happen. And some of the artist companies are just more willing to take a risk, and they do get rewarded for it, but I... I feel bad about what I said in a sense of it is not the usual case that someone signed up who really doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. Usually they're quite good and some of them are just absolute badasses. So, well, I'll say this and then we can not talk about this cause I will be killed on the way to the car. Yeah. But I think one of the things that fascinates me the most about professional songwriting, this now coming in, this is a hot, hot take. This is molten okay. lava hot. Awesome. The, yeah. You couldn't have a publishing deal in 1995 if you didn't know how to write a song. That's pretty much true, right? Let, yes. We can even go. Let's go back to 85, where it's probably yeah. a little more. Yeah, sexy. yeah. It's also safe to say that in those days you were not getting signed if you hadn't written the song, and sometimes it may be even as bold to say you hadn't written some songs by yourself. Right. Right. Like you came in because people knew you had a pedigree. Yeah. To write I, songs. I, I, in 2019, 
you can absolutely get signed to a publishing deal where you have never written a song, much less written a song by yourself. That's just crazy, isn't it? So, so I think what's hard about right now, when you think about the landscape is, are we really writing songs? Right. <laughs> like, what, like what are we doing? And so I think that's one of the things that really befuddles me. So what I can't get mad at people for going is investment. If you look at it from a business point, you go, hey, I got this guy that makes great beats. Mm-hmm. And in the pop world, you know that that's a that's a obviously R and B. That's a hip hop. Yeah, that's a absolutely. Real thing. It's a part. It's a big part. But of the now deal. that it's entered in the country world, that guy's called a songwriter now. Yeah, and so he's an arranger. He's an arranger. He's an arranger. But now he's a son, he's you buy that you know right. You, but but he, just he, to clarify, I'm I'm 100 with you, and I'm going to help. Writing a song is the melody and the lyrics. Yeah. Okay. Drum beats or any sonic element are at best an arrangement fee. Right. At the least, is a uh, hourly rate for playing. Yeah, uh, musicians, you join the union. Yeah, and those guys are incredible, and they make good money. Yeah, they're great. But it's not a composition. Well, and I think what's changing now, and you know, if you listen to Ross Gold and these guys, they would say that's not true. And I think there's a place. I kind of live in the middle because I think, I think because we write to beats now. If you look at the technical version of what constitutes a song, if it caused the song to be written copyright law wise they would say then it it deserves to be there deserves to be recompense for that like in other words if the song is existing because of a thing happening that thing should be you know like if let me argue with you though yeah so following that logic um should they then be able to copyright the beats well that's i I think that is a lot of people are pushing could you i think the change that's happened is now and i do this i do this in my arch career almost 100% 100% of the time now. I write to beats. Sure. Like I've written no, for I so did, long. Yes, yes. And so I, I do understand like, hey, you wrote that song because you heard that groove and it made you play the thing on the keys of the guitar mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. So I get the logic, but I think all that to say the landscape is just changing so oh, much. Oh, no so, question. So when you speak about a writing day, you can walk into rights where somebody's like, you're sitting there writing with someone and I'm not throwing these people under the bus, but I'm just telling you how much it's changed. And they're going, you're going, cool, well, did you have any ideas? Like, oh man, I... I I don't have I program right. and if you can copyright your sonic landscape, then who owns the rumba beat? Those beats are on the radio right now. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a great website. Some I can't remember who put it up, but where it takes Beatles hits. Yeah. It takes interviews with the Beatles where they say what song they were listening of to. Of course. Then it posts the video of the song that they referenced and mm-hmm. they and the similarities in these songs. Would bl- and where Paul will say, oh, I liked that bass line. Right. So I took it, and then we wrote and a song And then I it. took the last two chords and flipped them, and then where and then he we did... Had a, yeah, yeah. Right. So I love that. I mean, my career is in debt to songs that yes. I've tried to replicate. But I think, like, it, I just think it's, it, you know, I think of the things that I'm learning in the in a writing room, there's just so... It's, it's so nuanced and day-to-day because you thought, may write in you know go in with somebody like you in a day and we can sit and write songs and guitars and the next day i may never pick up a guitar because a guy's or a girl's got a killer track going and i'm basically top lining where i'm just singing and writing the lyrics over what's already a stat right so it's just it's a it's a brave it's a brave new world and i think it is a brave you know, new world well it it, it, it I, I think the thing that is it, it's I'll, I'll use the word interesting i think the thing that's interesting about it is it really does start to um redefine 
the traditional view of songwriting. So if, yes. you're, if you want to be yes. a professional songwriter, it's not as clear. It'd be like if you're a bricklayer, to your point, you show up one day to lay bricks and like, okay, here's the deal. So, so okay, like bricks and quotes, right? Because we have these right. new bricks and they're made of rubber. Right. And we make them on the site now. And right. we don't lay them, you know, yeah. symmetrically like we do. We actually stack them and, do, and you're kind of like, so wait, is this bricklaying? And it's like, well, right. it actually has the same end effect because you do build a house from it, but it just requires some different. I think it's a great analogy. You, so, so you kind of yes. sit there and you go, yeah. okay, I mean, I guess it has the same end result, but this is not, everybody, we realize we're not well, using bricks. And I'm going to, I'm going to argue the other side just so that I come across as fair because I, I want to be fair. Okay. I have seen a track come up in a room and. It is inspiring. Oh my gosh, yes. And it does take you to a place. Yeah. And it does, I, well, I've done it myself as a track person. Yeah. It elevates the song. Absolutely. It, it creates an atmosphere. Yeah. And I'll give you another argument against me. For years, LA wanted to split copyrights. Mm -hmm. You know, who wrote the most words? It wasn't an even split on right. the songs if you right. were co writing. Right. The Nashville way was hey, if you're in the room, you know, it's even split. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. He changed. I guys used to say uh, uh, he changed the oxygen. Yeah, like just him, her breathing there changed the vibe. Yeah. Even yeah. if they didn't say yeah. or sing a word, Absolutely. they're in. So by that same token, creating this track and creating this uh, feeling is influencing the composition. Absolutely. So maybe that's ultimately going to be their argument. Um, and I think I feel the same. I, I, I don't want to be mistaken as someone who uh, doesn't like that because I, I, I actually love, I, honestly, right, right. some of my favorite And I know you do you do work like that I a lot. I love that. Yeah. But I think it's it, it took me a while. It really confused me. I wrote with a guy right when I started in the country world, and literally he said, oh, no, I don't do any of that. And my first thought was, well, then why are you in this room? Right. So I think I think what I've had to realize is it, it's just changing. It's how we're defining what we do. And I think the biggest part is the proof's in the pudding. If they're contributing, they're going to be allowed to stay. But I think just, you know, we were talking about writing dates. I think I've just had to learn a lot about, like, what that means and come to expect different things for each day depending right. on who's in it. Right. Now, now, the thing I will say, and this is my last thing, I think pr my producer track writing friends who are you know, most of them are actually better songwriters than I am, truthfully. So that's but I a think different I, thing. I, I mean, people that like, yeah, you're would talking say, about. Hey, thing. I don't know how to play guitar, right? Or right, I just try, you know. And listen, that's thinking, that's okay. Well, that's, that's great. Okay. That's great. Hey, my wife's father wrote many hit country songs. Did not play an instrument. Yeah, yeah. He I mean, would slap his leg. And he wrote 100 percent songs. He would slap his leg and sing the song to the piano player at County Q in a demo session, and the guy nuts. would just guess the chords. Nuts. Isn't that nuts. crazy? Nuts. Which today that guy would be a co-writer. Yep. That's right. You know? That's right. And that's what I mean by the changing. That's right. The changing. Is like, that would be a track guy in 2019. That's right. Because that's what top liners are doing. Boy, that's good, man. That's right. That And that that's what, you just landed that plane. That's what I'm trying to say. Is that, I just think I, I've had a lot to learn over like what I conceived writing days to be to what they are now. And I'm not saying I don't like them. I think I've gotten some of my best songs from that. But I've had to learn like, oh, this is not going to look like a couple of guys in a room trying to write a song. Right. People divvy up what they do. And it's just right. different, you know. Thanks for listening, everybody. Pitch List will be right back.
that's another big change in the business. You know, back in the day, you had mechanicals. Oh, my gosh. If you yeah. could get on Tim McGraw's record, it's four million records. Yeah. That's $380,000 for one song to be on the record if you had no publisher and wrote it all yourself. And it was used to wash their publishing deal. That's exactly right. It paid so for your publishing deal. It would pay for your publishing deal. Yeah. And so, you've, so you're in, you can get a paycheck, you're in the game, and then you can knock one out of the park and that's have, right. a, and have right. a hit single. That's another, unfor- and that's not the track people's fault. Well, and let me know. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm well, kidding. That was a joke. The, this problem of somehow when we moved from mechanicals to streaming. So if we renegotiated our streaming rate for songwriters and publishers, we could go and say, we want 10 times mm-hmm. more money than we'd mm-hmm. be paying right mm-hmm. now. And we would still be at about 120th of what we were making have, back yeah. then. Yeah. Well, I, you know the thing, too, the first thing that dies with that, which grieves me to, I can't tell you the depths that it grieves me, is the great album cuts. Yep. They are the first to die. They are literally on the front line of that war. And they're the first, they're the first things that get strafed with the machine guns that drop. Yep. Because what happens now in writing rooms is when you walk in, you got to write singles. Yeah. So if all you're doing, if, if 90% of Nashville today is writing singles, then, it, then whatever gets put on records is going to sound like singles. And so instead of buying an EP or an album full of a robust view someone has through song, slow, up, sad, happy, um, it is just, it's, it's, it's like, it's almost like an assault on the senses. It's just because like, when you listen to an album, everything is in a similar BPM, beats yep. per minute tempo. It has a general hit feel, which I know sounds ridiculous, but no, I think we all know what that does. means. Yep. You know, it does, yep. You know, it feels familiar. You can sing it quickly. But all, but those records, the things that made artists artists, the things that made Nashville Nashville uh are, are are they're just going away and so i i get grieved because you can't you know i'm just this is a random poll but it's the first thing i thought of sons of the desert from the late 90s yeah loved that band uh that was some of my first cuts i ever got no yes i didn't know that yeah so that first record which that you know had a couple hits that mm-hmm. i loved yep. there was a song on that record called leaving october that tom douglas tom wrote, douglas right yep. That song is one of my favorite songs of all time. I love that song, That too. song never saw the light of day. Nope. Never saw the light of day. I had the single after that. It's yes. called Albuquerque. Oh, I love that song, right? I loved it, too. And it, it kind of, yeah. I don't, I don't remember but, what but, happened with but, it. It didn't work. But Leaving October wouldn't exist in 2019. Because I think somebody would hear that and go, that's a really beautiful song. Yep. Um, but no. We need... We we just need kind of a list of singles, and then we turn that into a record, and then the and then everybody. I mean, and I get it. I get this. Everybody, the insurance policy now feels good because it's like, hey, if it doesn't work with that one, we got another one, and then we got another one, we got it. And so you're just missing the stuff that used to make Nashville Nashville. And I think also you don't have to be as good a songwriter anymore because you don't. All you're writing is stuff that's really, um, that's really straight down the middle it's you know it's the big hits which i'm not saying hits aren't hard to write i don't no, i don't i, no, I, don't, no. I can't say that i don't have enough of write. but very they're hard. super hard to write but what makes stuff so robust what makes the album so robust the artist career so robust is the ups and downs and the wide yep. and the deep and the and not just you know it's like your album shouldn't sound like a live show 
your live show should sound like a live show. You go to the live show. Let's keep let's keep everybody having a good time. Let's keep, right. Play your two or three ballads, right. and then it's a big show. You want to drink your beers, have your fun, pull your girl next to you. That's the whole vibe. That's what a live show is, right? But that's not what your album should be. And now all the albums just sound like live shows. It's just next song. Well, because there's no album. Yeah, well, that's true too. Like Tim, Kenny, all of them, man. They had songs on there. There was a one of these days I'm gonna love you. I saw Marcus the other day who wrote that. Marcus Humming. Man, I remember when that record came out. It was like I remember just sitting in my car thinking, I didn't know you could do that. Oh my God, I want to do that. Like well, he, it worked, you know, you would, you know what I mean? It's like, I didn't know you could make it that good and people would like it. Yeah. You know, I keep hearing my pluggers keep telling me just dumb it down, you know? Yeah. And I, I grieve too. Well, you know, and I'm worried. Oh, brother. I'm worried for the artists, but the only, now here's the light at the end of the tunnel. Everything we've talked about, what I pray is that this is an opportunity for someone to come in to our business, an artist or several who see that this is missing mm-hmm. and figure out how to wait. And there are, there are. And, and, and figure out a way to deliver Yes, Because I think the truth is, a friend of mine always says this, what, what we don't celebrate, we lose. And I think w- That's when, good. when Nashville stops celebrating those songs that really move you, that never have a shot at radio, Yep. that like when publishers stop going, you know, when they, when they get that song instead of going like, you guys, this is gorgeous. Yeah. This is, yeah, I, I want. I'm gonna. Somebody's gonna go cut. Yeah, this, this is I'll why find, I do this. This is why I do this. And and, and I'm so gonna it, play this for X. You know, producer X. And I'm gonna say, I know you're looking for a hit single, and, and I'm telling you this isn't it. But you need to hear this. Yeah. So what happens, sadly, I think with writers is when when that's no longer something you can do, you stop trying to do it, and those muscles atrophy. Yep. And so as writers, you're not gonna be good at writing those songs anymore because it's a waste of time. Yep. So, so you, all you do is write one thing, and you and we and me, myself included, you lose the ability to do it because you don't do it. You know, there is very much truth in what you're saying. You know, um, you don't exercise those muscles, and then I, I could have a specific experience a while back, and I, I felt like, man, we got into something like that, and the decision was made. Screw it, we're going for it. Mm. You know, and so I'm in. I'm in the pool. I'm like, this is this is this is my spot. Man. Uh-huh. I know how to I do, know how to do this. this. Yeah, and I did feel like, what's wrong with me? I don't have the yeah. I'm not the ninja. Oh, I yeah. used to be oh, with yeah. this kind of thing. That's exactly right. And I hadn't thought of it in those terms. That's why. If you use it or lose it. Well, not only use it, but I think what's coming in. I mean, so much of how we write yeah. is what we're taking yeah. in. And when when you're not taking in those songs anymore that it you your reference point leaves and so you suddenly go i think that's pretty good and you realize like two days later you're like oh no that's not good like that's not even sort of good right you know i just thought in the moment and you realize when you have a perspective you're like and so i think that's but i will tell you i mean i think i think there are artists like that you know they're i'll do rounds with artists where they'll play songs and i'll think oh my god that's good yeah like that's never gonna see the light of day on a radio but that and, and it, it made me sad. Somebody said this room the other day, and I wanted to crawl up in, in the corner and just cry. They were like, well, I'm not really trying to write Bluebird songs. And I was like, oh. oh shit. Bluebird that's songs. That's a thing now. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, I don't want to write a song. Yeah, I don't want to write a song I need and a have song somebody feels, cry. I need to write a song that, like, I get up and rock the mic. And look, yeah. I get that. There's a time and a place for everything. Sure. But I died a little. 
I will yeah. never get that yeah. part of my life back. Yeah. When when they said that, I thought, oh, that's a thing. Like people, yeah. oh, I don't need that. Don't give me this cerebral heartfelt thing. I mean, like, let's right. write a song. They're like, yeah. Well, and the reason is probably for me. The reason I bet it's the same for you. That's what we got into this for. Well, the other part that's of me is what I'm like, drew us to it. Well, the other thing I want to say is like, do you know what a Bluebird song is? That's the song where everybody freaks out because it was a huge hit. Yeah, that's the other part. <laughs> I'm like, like there's yeah, that there's like, another Bluebird. Song. Everybody in the room knows the words, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. And yeah. So anyway, I think that that I just know that I remember driving on that afternoon. I was like, oh, but see, sad I'm going to fight on that one. Whoever said that, that's not right. Okay, no, look, I know, I know. Because what you're saying, I think what they meant was. I don't need a song where I play it and then 50 strangers just weep into their drinks and start crying and want to talk to me after and tell their stories of what happened to them. I don't want that. I don't need that, which is crazy. Yeah. That's crazy talk. Of course you need that. That's what binds fans to an artist. Yeah. Although I'll say this, and and, and if there's anything that gets taken away of this podcast, this is it. Great songs win. They do. And people can sit in the they room do. and be like, I don't want to write a freaking weepy mid-tempo thing. And you're like, okay. And you get done. And you turn it in by, it's like, I mean, this is, I have to send this around. This is too good. Right. It's slow. Right. It's about a horse dying. Right. But it's just too good. Yeah. And then, you know, somebody's like, hey, they cut it. And you're like, okay, there's there's good in the universe still. There is. <laughs> you know? And you know what? I say it all the time. We should say it again. I'm glad you said it. It is true. Great songs win. They do. They be, do. And it's, it's kind of simple. People want to share them. Yeah. Well, the good news is for us writers, people need songs. Yeah. People are always going to need songs. Yeah. And there's more. And you know what? Another great thing, and I say this based, it's anecdotally on my teenage children, but I think I have a handle on this. Uh, People love music. I th- maybe more bigger, no, I bigger so. fans than they used to be. Without a doubt. Well, you inspire me, man. You oh, kind of got me going. I'm like, you know what? We've never really sat here and just let her rip. Yeah. Uh, we let her rip today. I know. But you know one thing? We both love this. Oh, my gosh. I know you do, so and much. I know I do. Everything that you were saying and that I'm saying is because we love music. That's right. Well, I feel like... And we want it to... Well, I, I feel like for me, it's just under the guise of trying to figure it out. Yeah. I'm just always that's like, great. how is yes. this working? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. It's it's really rarely ever like, I'm so frustrated with this, I want to nuke it. It's just like, oh, I didn't know it did that. Okay. Let me think about that. And why does it do that? Okay. And why does this work or not? Right. It's rarely that I'm like, screw it, man. This isn't cool. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know that worked, but now I do. And that's right. cool. And, you yeah. Know, you, yeah. You were constantly well, yeah. trying to put that When you have in. your rider hat on, to be as successful as you've been, you have to be able to roll with the punches. I mean, you yeah. can't, you got to yeah. have a pretty thick skin here. Oh, yeah. Which I'm developing still. <laughs> yeah. You've I've gotta, got my thin artist skin and then I'm trying yeah. to be like a rhino. Well, I guess it's just so raw when you write that it's so close to who you are in mm-hmm. your internal life mm-hmm. that when it's not working, it really starts to scrape on you yeah. on the inside. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's hard to have a metric for if it's going well. Yes. Because a hit, you know, that's one of the things that's so funny about what we do is a hit is in the past. Yeah. Even when it's on the yes. radio, it's been so, written. It's such a great point. And so there's there's hard to have a real metric on like, how how is this trending? Because it's like, one, anything that's about to happen could change any moment. So you could have 10 singles lined up and then 
the day before all of them go to radio, they change it to the next song. Yeah. So it's just, it's a really, really, I think I've just, it's one of the biggest things I've learned is there's no real good gauge for what's happening. So you have to have a pretty astute sense of your value just built into, natively built into who you are. And I think if you think, hey, I'm good at this, I'm going to have bad days, I'm going to have good days, I'm going to have swings and misses and hits, all of that. Yeah. Um, and the, I'm literally saying this to myself right now. That's the boomerang yeah. coming. Yeah. But I think, you know, that's the healthiest I can be, just going like, that's, that's, I'm just glad to be here, glad to be in the room, because if I'm judging my ability on output, there's way too many things affecting everything after this write for me to think that that's on me. Yeah. All I can do is write today the best I can. Yeah. Because everything after this, I have nothing to do with. Nothing. Nothing. How they choose it, if they like it, how they sing it, how the song goes, how radio responds. I don't care how long you do this. It is just so frustrating because it is just out of our hands. That's it. Our, 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 you know, our life is kind of a life built in response. You know, we're responding to, you know, whatever song is happening that God is giving us. And, and then that's the little moment you get to participate. And it's so small. Mm-hmm. And then that song, if it's a big song, goes on to this huge life. And you had 1% of, you created it, which is massive, but then it's like gone and it lives this huge, great life that you had so little time wise. Yeah. So even that it's like, like you said, you can, you know, I think the darkest days you can go like, yeah, but I didn't really contribute. And I shouldn't think that's part of something I did. Cause I really only had that good bridge idea. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So even on the, so it's, it's a really precarious job because I think you, you have to do a lot of, um, I have to do a lot of like praying and stilling my mind to be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not what I create. I'm not the success of what I create. I'm valuable in much different ways than to think that, you know. Man, I was going to wrap up, but we're going to have to talk about that because that's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Not heard anyone say it on the podcast, but that you have really got to the core of this. I am not what I create. Yeah. That is easy to say. It's real. I mean, it's super. Well, easy it's now, let me back up. That came off wrong. Um, it's very insightful that you said it because that's the core issue. Okay, and a lot of people don't get there, but it's you can say those words, mm-hmm. but it's difficult. Oh to my god, do. it's hard to do. That's what I mean. It's like I am not my songs. I am not the success or failure of my songs. That's right. Well, I kind of like being my songs when they work. Oh yeah. I just don't like being my songs when they, <laughs> when don't, they don't work. work. <laughs> so in order to get to the place we know we need to be, yeah. we sort of have to let go of something that's good in order uh, to get rid of the thing that's bad. That's right. It's and it's really, really hard. hard to do. It's so hard. But it's absolutely true. And also, if we can keep that in our mind as writers, I think it'll make us better writers because it will make us better people. Yeah. You know, that's a part of what we do mm. as people. That's but right. it's not who we are. It's not. It's Absolutely not. not. As much as a guy that builds a wall made out of brick is not yeah. that brick wall. No. No. He leaves it. Yeah. And I'll still stand on what I say. This is a business of faith. Mm. Because you know, I always come back to that. It's like, is it going to work? I don't know. Yeah. It has. I've seen it work. Yeah. Will it work today? No idea. Yeah. 
Like uh, somebody told me a while back, um, one of the weird things about being a songwriter is you can be retired and not know it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is amazing. That amazing? <laughs> I can't remember. Maybe Marcus told me that or somebody's been around a while. Yeah. You can be, or it was like, you can be retired and everybody knows it but you. Yeah. God, that's terrifying. Yeah. Well, and the truth is, you're not retired. It's just, you can see some hope pop up. You get a hold, you get, and sometimes you get a single and it all works out, but it may stretch out in time when you haven't had that in a while. And you, there's just this uh, person in the back of your mind going, is this it? Mm. You know, is it, is it over? Yeah. You know, or is it going to happen again? One thing I like about it, where I am in my life, is that it reminds me of where I was when I first came here. Hmm. I have some of that old insecurity back. But now, you know, the great thing about that season, I would imagine, is that you have all the wisdom you didn't have then. Absolutely. You know, no. You just yeah, know there's a lot of life. just life stuff, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'll say two things. I think, one... Music as a living to me is is more like sports than we ever want to say that. Exactly like sports. And I think one hundred percent best analogy. I think if if people would come to Nashville, and somebody, if you're a musician and you have to file that on some like report, and they go, okay, well, if you're gonna be a musician, artist, especially artist songwriter, you have to come to this meeting the first year you live here because we just need to tell you some things. And I swear, <laughs> I think one of them should be this: Hey creativity is a lot like a muscle and like in athlete in, in in the sporting world you're gonna have some incredible years when that muscle is at its peak when that muscle is 19 to 30 you know whatever that scale is and yep. creativity you're gonna feel amazing you're not gonna get tired during the games you're gonna have high output you're gonna see your best seasons but it's gonna wane you're not going to be playing basketball at 50. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to play because it's a sliding scale of music, but I do think there is something to say that if you get warned, if someone could just sit with all of us and go, hey, you're going to have a really good streak for a while, it's going to go away because that is the way of the of the world. Absolutely. Like everything has to, every, there are seasons for everything. And I think it would just make this life as a creative so much better if they go, hey, so the heart, let me tell you the hard part of this. There's going to be a beginning that's going to suck, and there's going to be an end that sucks, right? Yep. But hear me say that. Get in your 21-year-old brain as much as you can retain this information. L hear it. And in the middle, it's probably going to be really awesome and fun. And things are yeah. going to work. You're yeah. going to do work that yields result. It's going to be like, holy crap, this is working. I'm affirming these things I always thought I could do, and this feels amazing. And then there's going to be other side of that. And it's okay. It is okay. It's not your fault. It's not the industry's fault. You didn't lose anything. No. It's just, it changes. It's great. Somebody should. They should do it at Belmont. I, I mean, that that's something. They should. When I do those, those get-togethers and they have me come speak, I speak about this. Because I think to that, if you can sort of come up grace, gracefully and go down gracefully, I think that's the thing. Is, is, is I, th I just think like, hey, anybody that gets to do this past 50, you are a anomaly you are a the, unicorn yeah it's true and, and i think because there's so much grace in it that way you don't you don't I, you don't walk with the shame of like have i lost this thing it's like no, no no like it's a it's a carousel like the lakers aren't the lakers for 30 years with the same team 
They no. aren't the same team for two years. Nope. It's a carousel. Like you're going to, and I think music's the same way. Like guys are going to get on, people get off and yep. it's always changing. And that's not, that doesn't make the Lakers bad. It doesn't make music bad. It just makes it, it is what it is. It's going to honor the people that are doing it the best at the moment. It's true. It's all true. What you, you're very wise for your age at this because you're where you're at, but that's exactly how it works. Yeah. Every writer that has a hot streak. Yeah. Then we could talk about how long their hot streak is. Yeah. And there are some that are longer than others. Yeah. There's some going on right now that yeah. are incredible. Yeah. Maybe historic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's a hot streak and then there's a cool off. Yeah. And then there are peaks for a while. That's right. There's a song. There's a song. There's a song. And then, um, and honestly, have been here as long as I have, the backside of being hot, right, is as difficult to deal with as yeah the beginning yeah actually harder yeah in my my yeah. humble oh, opinion for sure for sure harder because you've had it you've had it it is a there is an arc there's an arc of an artist's career yeah you know and there's and there are people that have been very successful at extending that mm-hmm. by becoming an actor or mm-hmm. whatever or you know and th- there have been people that took it about as damn far as i oh, could yeah. imagine oh yeah um but there is. Oh, yeah. There 100% well, and I think, is. I think, too, if you really, if you're a writer that has a voice, right? Like you have a way that you write, it's probably why people like you because mm-hmm. they know, like, hey, isn't it a little almost arrogant to think that that voice should always be heard? Probably. Isn't it, yes. isn't it a little yep. insecure and unrealistic to yep. think? It is. My sound should always be on the radio. Right. The world needs what I have to say all the time. Right. That's that's if we're that's ridiculous. No, it is ridiculous. I don't want to hear my songs all the time. I want to hear what Tom Douglas said. I want yeah. to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what Amy has said. Well, and is, and we want to hear what the guy that we don't even know. That's or exactly the girl right. that, that who just got here. We want to hear. And also, all of these things, it's the same as fashion. Yeah. Right. That's right. So it, if everybody just stuck in 1980, yeah. it'd be weird. It's like yeah, we've been wearing the same clothes for 50 years. Yeah. Music's very much like yeah. that. There, and then the more you do this, uh, you get into a thing where your uh, your personal sensibilities of what you grew up with are no longer yeah. popular yeah. as far right. as mashing right. them into right. the country right. music shredder. Right. 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 Well, and two, you know, it's it's that book halftime. It's like there's something about when you've done something long enough, you're just not going to get the joy from it that you did initially. So so, where does What's joy halftime? come from? Is it's a, this great book that's a business book. It's been around forever. But the guy basically makes the point that that's when the shift to, benev- to benevolence happens, to where you actually start to try to help the younger people that are doing it. Like that's the season because of life. You've you, it, because you've done it. Because you've done it. And you're just not getting the same Yeah, and so now it's charge. about – Yeah, and so now you go, you know what would be really cool is to help the people like people help me. Like that's a season of life that I'm in now is how do you look down and kind of go, man, there's guys that are 20 years younger than me that are starting that I can actually say, hey, man, just FYI, like this is why this would work to me and not. Right. And go, oh, I never thought about that. And you go, yeah, it's just I've done it a long time and a half. So mm-hmm. and somebody sat with me at 21 was like, hey, that's a terrible title. And you're like, really? I'm like, yeah, like it's you can't have a sentence as a title. And you're like, oh, 
you know, like whatever right, it is. Right. So, so I think, you know, that that's a different shift too. And as, as we all get older doing it, that has to come with this idea that we're finite. And if you don't understand that, if you don't approach what we do, if we really think we're these infinite, amazing so true, man. people, it's so that's true. not the truth. Like, right. And so I think it's so much of it is expectations and being okay. And really, I mean, if we can do these things, then we approach what we do so much differently because it is a gift. It's always a gift. I'm listening to this fascinating podcast right now by this group called The Bible Project. And they're doing this study on basically um, uh, scarcity and abundance. And it's just, um, they, they make this point that blew my mind. They're like, so much of the problem of the humanity, of humanity is we operate like God isn't a benevolent God. When we operate out of the space that we're living out of scarcity, we always make bad decisions. Yep. But... And they say, if you want proof of this, we're alive, we're breathing, we're we're fed. I mean, most of us, you know, we're well fed, we're, mm-hmm. we sleep in comfortable homes. You don't need anything other than that than to see that there's abundance. There's abundance yeah. of air. And most of the world lives on less than $10 a day. And so at some point, you have to under, it, like, if I can get my life to live out of the space that it's going to be okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. Yep. God is going to take care of me. It's that's, Then I'm going to live yes. out of a place where I don't have to go like, I need that single. Why right. did he get that? Why right. did she get that? It's like, no, hey, there's enough for all of us. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know? it's so true. How much stuff, and I, you know, I consider myself a pretty spiritual person. I write for a living. You know, it puts us in a little bit of mm. a different space. I should know better is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I still daily get caught up in, <gasps> what about, <gasps> Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my, what if, uh, what, if, what, if, and it's like, what if what? What if what? You know, what, what if you realize that God really couldn't have blessed you anymore God, or it would be flipping ridiculous? How about that? At what point do you become irrelevant because yeah. you've been so blessed? Like, right, I just right. have to it's send like, you on a come ship on, out to man. <laughs> you know, and I, and I, I do it and I have friends that do it, some yeah. all different levels, but it's like, come on. It's a joke. I mean, that, yeah, that, that's the is. thing is once once I can operate out of going, that's right. It's okay. All of a sudden, I get really thankful. And you want to talk about good decisions? Yeah, <laughs> you start making yeah. really good decisions out of out of abundance, out of going. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna be okay, and I get to do this. I get to write songs for people, and I get yeah. to go to a show and hear all these people sing. Amazed? Are yeah. you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. Who? How? What percentage of the population yeah. gets to do that? Well, look, I, we're in my uh, Amy and I's studio. Look, I, get, I wake up in the morning, come in here. It's a joke, and, and I and I'm telling you, I would, I am embarrassed to tell everyone how many mornings I walk in in a bad mood. Oh yeah, oh yeah, about some stupid oh, yeah. shit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just walk into this that yeah. if, <laughs> that if you when I was 21. Oh my gosh. And if you'd have walked me into this studio and say. You live here, yeah, and you come in every morning and do whatever you want. You'd be like, "Who am I selling drugs to?" Right, and, right. Who did I, I have to kill jail? to get this? <laughs> yeah, right. Was it really bad? It looks like it was pretty bad. <laughs> am I going to go to jail? Yeah. Um, do I burn in hell after I'm <laughs> yes, done? That's right. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, I've heard it said another way. It's like if if you replace fear and loathing or anxiety, all that kind of stuff, uh, with gratitude. Mm. That's if you it. can keep gratitude in your heart and in the front of your mind, those other emotions actually can't exist. Yeah, it's true. That that the best way to feel better is to just push gratitude. That's it. So when you get, when you can honestly live in that gracious space, mm-hmm. then those other things go away. That's exactly right. 
And uh, and, and, I, and I think full circle, you actually create the best then. Yeah. Because you're oh, free. Oh, for sure. For sure. You're free. You're for absolutely sure. free to be who you are. Because and you, know you what? trust that the abundance is there. Man, you've inspired me this morning because you're you are right. And I tell you, don't you think it's shocking how okay, we're having this little revelation right here, right? And it's a big revelation. Mm-hmm. It's the revelation. Mm-hmm. How quick do you think I'll go back to oh my, my God. Way of thinking? Let me get in my car and drive ten yeah. feet and a yeah. song comes on. Yeah. I'm like, God, I wish I wrote I'll pack song. up my little Zoom recorder, Dana and I'll have a chat. I'll go sit at my desk and I'll be like burr, burr, burr. you know, I'll be right <laughs> You'll get back. one email. Hey, they passed. Yeah. Yes. God, this is just endless. I'm tired of, (laughs) I was just, I don't have one moment for my, yeah. 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 And it's, uh, it is crazy how we can't live in that. Yeah. It's hard. What's that about? It's about a lot of things for me. How do you live in it? How do you stay in that? For me, it's just prayer. It's literally having to go back to God, going like, "You got to fix the way." Just ask God to help you do it. Yeah, just like, here's how I feel. I'm sorry that I feel this way. Would you remind me that you've got it? Yeah, (laughs) that's what I'm gonna do. I I talked to a guy when I was out with FTL this weekend. Tyler was talking about, or maybe Brian was talking about a friend of theirs who has started this practice where, like, when he wakes up in the morning before he gets out of bed, he does these three exercises that are three minutes each. But one of them is gratitude. Yeah. he's He does three minutes of laying in the bed and just being gracious. And I was like, that is an incredible practice. That's, That's a, a great good discipline. habit. Because it really does. It shifts, at least for a minute, to start the day going, well, I'm awake. I'm alive. I'm I'm comfortable. Yeah. I'm in a house that it doesn't have holes in the roof. Yeah. I can have anything I want I for have, breakfast. Yes. I've like, got a beautiful wife. It's amazing. It's like, come on. So you start the day off going like, oh yeah. And it's like, that's when I think God has always got my attention is when I'm glad. Cause he's like, Hey, you see, there's an abundance. What yeah. do you really need? Right. Like capital in that you don't have. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, there's nothing on that list. He's like, exactly. So can right. you trust that I know what I'm doing? Yeah. And, and then I think very quickly too, the more you can stay in that space, you realize that um, here's the thing that'll make ev- that that makes everyone feel good, and that really is the answer. Help somebody else. No oh, man, yeah. go help somebody mm-hmm. with their growth. Just anything. If if you run into a cashier who's being a total dick, stop and go. Okay, something happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 be sweet to them mm-hmm. and see if you could turn them around yeah. just anything anything you can do i found this true in my life and i think it's a big thing when you help people when you reach out to help people you will feel better yep so tell me a little bit i do want to hear about cuz i did read in one of the places you have what do you do what are you working with as far as your ministry stuff is it africa well, is it a ministry or no, is it more no. just, it just, I, I've, just, I've partnered just, with nonprofits, um, okay. that friends. Yeah. I had friends that we went to Africa three different times over gosh, five or six years. It's been a while though, since, since we've had kids that haven't been back. Um, we're a part of actually, you know, at the time when I was on the road, we would do a, a appeal every night during the show and people would sign up and it was seven bucks called the Mocha club. Mocha club. Seven, that's right. Yeah. Seven bucks to join. And, and then that seven bucks would go right to building. It was amazing. Like it was, um, it was such a fun season of life because I went over the three times to check on what we're building. And like we built, I mean, everybody, not me, but built schools and gave away medical supplies. Education was a huge piece. Mm-hmm. Um, wells, we built a ton of wells. Um, 
Yeah, it was incredible. It's crazy to think too, because you, you know, music is not an end to itself, and it was so fun to see that you could get up and sing these songs, and then go visit people that literally you're a part of changing lives. I mean, we went to one village, and there was probably you know a couple thousand people lived in this village, and they had prepared a presentation, and so we got there, and it's this huge like they're singing you know, doing their tribal dances and all this stuff. And we we just thought we were going to go say, hey, these people, they bring us to the middle of the village. We sit on these chairs and they do like, here's what we need from you guys. We need water and we need food. And and you're just kind of like holding back tears because yeah. they have people that come and they stand in front of you. I mean, like right. they had lawn chairs mm-hmm. in the middle of this nowhere. And they'd say, okay, this is a woman. They had a translator and here's what she needs. And here's, she's glad y'all are here. And she gives you a gift. And you're like, okay. Wow. You know, so it was crazy. I mean, it's really They have a different sense of community, too, because when we went, it was just me and Amy, but they brought all the school kids out Mm -hmm. and sang us a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were just... Incredible. Just, I mean, mean, decided to go that morning. Yeah. And so I think for me, it's this real call back to, like, we're we're meant to be a communal people. We're meant to be interwoven. We're meant to be... That's how we're meant to live. We're meant to live. Killer, man. I've, this has been a great talk. Dude, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate yeah, it, man. Yeah, of course. We really hit some things that had real personal meaning for me, and I yeah, really love too. that. Yeah, thanks. That's awesome. This has been Dave Barnes, and you're listening to Pitch List. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pitch List. To hear songs written and or recorded by today's guest, check out this week's playlist by finding us on Spotify at Pitch List Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. And if you want, feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review. We also want to know what songwriters, artists, or music business professionals you want to hear from next. Let us know by visiting our website at pitchlistpodcast.com or follow our social media pages on Facebook Instagram, or Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Well, and your publisher, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, That's on my to-do list. Quit interrupting my guests. (laughs) And I just did it. It would make a terrible songwriter if you don't interrupt. That's a good point. Yep. Um, And I even lost my point. Go ahead. Well, I was just, maybe it'll come back and interrupt again, but... (laughs) 